ready for war. Never back down. Give me some more. We came for the title. Welcome into another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball. On this week's episode, we have Alan Jager. Alan is the founder of Jager Sports, famously known for their J bands, Jager bands. You'll see a lot of pitchers and even position players using these bands um, before games and then before they start throwing. He's very big into the mental side of the game and meditation, arm care, arm conditioning, long toss. Alan is an incredible guy. He's been around the game for a very long time and is highly respected. In today's episode, we focus mainly on hitting, and we talk a lot about left-handed hitters facing left-handed pitchers and why that's always been such a big issue for left-handed hitters. And Alan gives some great tips on some ways that he's been able to help out some of the left-handed hitters improve against facing left-handed pitchers. And overall, it's a it's a fun conversation to have. As I said, Alan is, is well-known for leading the mental game space. And he gives some great tips. Of course, I had to ask him a couple mental game questions because he is so good at that. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy this one. Please make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify. And more importantly, if you enjoy the show, please share it with somebody. Please tweet about it on social media. That's all I ask. No ads, nothing else. Just share the show. Thank you so much. And here we go with Alan Jager. This is the future. This is my time. I cry and shine. Put in the work and push the line. I'm holding my cram. I never back down. All right, Alan, we're now live on the podcast. I uh, appreciate you coming on today, man. It's, it's good to see you again, and uh, can't wait for the next ABCA to see you in person again, too. Well, thank you for doing this, man. And uh, I so appreciate uh, your love and passion for the sport and teaching and, and life. So uh, I'm just so excited to be on and doing this with you today, buddy. Before we started recording, we were we were talking about uh, meditation and and just kind of overall like where the, where the game is at from a, a mental, mental game standpoint. And I wanted to ask you a, a quick question because I know at the professional side, a lot of the players, they're, they're open to it, they're bought into it. How young do you think players would be, would it be beneficial for players? Like, do you think high school kids are willing to do some of the meditation stuff or are they too young yet? And it probably needs to wait till they're in college. Well, I have a standard line for this now, which is um, the world is starving for meditation, mental practice, mental health, mental wellness. So there's no age anymore. Um, we could debate what's the right age and are they ready for it? I would say if you taught a six-year-old about breathing, about um, being quieter, you know, or, or what it means to watch their thoughts but not engage their thoughts, um, this could be life-transforming uh, in a beneficial way. So I would, I just wouldn't personally ever put a, a number on it anymore. I just think that um, the sooner you can introduce even some very basic, simple concepts that could change people's lives for the better. Um, so I, I, yeah, I'm as soon as as soon as possible. And I do think, and I'm sorry, but and I do think that to really go to your question, um, I used the word earlier. I think starving. Um, the world is starving for this information. They're starving for feeling better. They're starving for being quieter, for, for being more relaxed, less stressed. And so even if they don't think they're ready or we may not think they're ready, what I'm saying is intuitively they are ready. Mm, I like that. i tell you what, you know, I, I work with a lot of hitters and one of the, the, mo- the most common thing, and it's not even close where parents will come in or players come in and it's like, and I'm asking, you know, hey, how's everything going? Or if I'm meeting them for the first time, like, what's something you'd want to improve upon? And usually the, one of the first things I'm asking, I'm just overthinking too much. Like, I, I want to be able to, to be in a position where uh, I'm not thinking to the point where it's hurting my performance. And I think, just think it's, and we hit on this a little bit before we started recording too. I just, I find it very interesting with how fascinated we are with data and technology and don't get me wrong, it's all really cool and all, but that's not what separates players at the end of the day. Like what separates players is the mental side of the game. And um, the only thing I can put my finger on is, is it's just not as much, it's not sexy. It's not as cool maybe as, as a data or technology. 
outside of that, I'm not really sure why it's not as it's not mandatory everywhere. I mean, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think a lot of it is, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Part of it is that uh, part of it is like everything in life. There's an educational piece to it, right? There's like a transitional time. There's a transformational time. I mean, if you think of like anything with technology, right? I mean, things, there's a, there's a period where it has, people have to be educated by it and they're like, oh, you know, that makes sense. Or there was a time that no one knew what like yoga was or acupuncture. I shouldn't say no one, but you know, very few people might've really known about yoga or acupuncture or alternative medicine. And it takes a while to be educated. And, and the same thing, when I started in 1990, you know, meditation was, you know, a very foreign topic, um, uh, not to everybody, but it was relatively foreign in, in the sports world, and, you know, from my experiences. And, and if you look at it now, there's apps for meditation, right? So, so it is growing in leaps and bounds, actually, which is very encouraging to me. And I would just say that a lot of it is more about um, it being newer, but it's also about like everything in life. It's opening the door, it's giving it a try. And also it's making it a priority. I think that right now everybody talks about the mental game being important. And I do think it's getting a lot of love, but the piece I always come back to is, is that we can talk about the mental game, uh, but what are you doing for a practical level? And to me, that's still the separator. The separator for me is still, you know, it's great to say, stay in the moment, tune into your breathing, be process oriented. These are all really important themes and they're very, very helpful. But at the end of the day, from my experience, it's still about practice. Meaning what am I doing every day? Like ground balls and fly balls and stretching and running and working out and throwing and bullpens and hitting. Like, what am I doing every day to learn how to be quieter, to learn how to be more relaxed, to learn how to not think as much as you just talked about. Um, these are skills. And I think that's the piece that we need to really start focusing on is that the mental game and mental preparation, which ultimately leads to life, is about skill development. And to me, skill development comes as a byproduct of practice, not the talking. The talking can help and the talking can do it. But again, from my experience, like anything in life, if you don't take swings for a year straight, how how is how's it going to feel to go into a live game and take four abs? I mean, I would think that the, if you don't throw a ball for a year straight, and someone says, "Hey, go out and throw in a, three innings in a game," I mean, it's just obvious on the physical side, and I think that's part of what we need to hone in on is that oh, the mental connection has to do with the practice, and what is the practice? And we can talk about it later. But the practice is whether it's breathing, relaxation, meditation, visualization, mantras, um, affirmations, there's just, there's so many things we could do, but it's a practice. Mm. It's a great point. Yeah. You're not gonna become a better hitter by just saying hitting is important. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, that type of thing, kind of like the mental side of the game, like the mental game is important, but not actually doing anything about it. So I know you're always looking to learn and, and you have a growth mindset. Like what, what are some things that you've been digging into lately or talking to people about and what's kind of um, something that's on the top, been on the top of your mind for a while in, in the baseball world? Well, I'd say for starters, um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, answer that question actually in a funny kind of way. Okay. Um, well, the first answer is, talking to Dr. Lauren Bailey, which we've talked about, of course, I know you've been in touch with her as well about vision. Um, and what may be curious to talk to her, even though I've always been interested in vision, you know, I, I work with a, a catcher named Mike Lieberthal back in, in the early nineties who played with the Phillies for a long time. And Mike was working with Dr. Uh, Harrison, um, who was world renowned at the time. And I, I, and I was around Mike a lot. So I'd kind of been aware of, um, Dr. Bill Harrison's work. And now, of course, his son Ryan is doing it. So I I've always been privy to it, never really looked into it, but I knew, of course, I mean, look, talking about hitting today, you know, seeing the ball, I think is maybe not arguably the most important part of hitting. You know, maybe we can have a debate about that. Maybe it's confidence too, but I think seeing the ball well would probably be, if not one, one A, but I'm going to put it one for me today. How's that? Yep. Um, so when you hear the word vision, naturally that, you know, 
it's, 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 it draws your interest. So long story short is um, I've been on this thing for a while with watching left-handed hitters. Let me go back to 2017 at Oregon State. I was up at Oregon State for six days doing mental training with the team. And I had a hitter, uh, Michael Gretler, uh, third baseman, who was having a difficult time with sort of that strike three ball four on the out. He was a right-handed hitter, so on the outer third of the plate. Well, we can really call it the black. Uh, he was having a hard time with um, whether it was identifying if it was strike three or ball four. It's like he was swinging at ball four and taking strike three. And so I said, well, I used to do these drills with hitters for years. They're all mental, but I just feel like you would eat. And, and he was really into the mental stuff as a side note. So we went down into the cages. It was really cool. Tyler Graham, who's the hitting coach at Michigan now, uh, was a director of player ops at the time. And um, and so he, you know, watched, witnessed, loved these drills. And um, from that point on, what ended up happening is that those drills became part of Oregon State's um, routine. Um, a lot of guys, uh, Kyle Novak, who I'll probably mention again in this conversation, uh, who's, who was the hitting coach at the University of Washington softball the last couple of years, took it to a different level with like heat maps and all that. Adley Rutschman, Trevor Larnick, Michael Kwan. Michael Kwan, if you looked last year, everybody was talking about his first 50 at-bats. I don't know if he swung and missed at a pitch or something like that. I can't remember what the stat was, but Michael Kwan, Michael Kwan, Stephen Kwan, sorry, with the Guardians, had a phenomenal run going with something to do with um, pitch selection. Maybe he had not struck out his first, whatever it was. This is where these drills came back to life again. And so I'm coming back to Dr. Bailey here in a second. And so it got me talking again about hitting a lot more and it got me really fascinated into seeing these drills come to life. I was getting unbelievable feedback from uh, Tyler Graham at Oregon State. I was getting unbelievable feedback from Kyle Novak. Uh, he ended up getting into coaching after they won the national championship. Uh, this was part of the world every day at the University of Washington softball. We went to the College World Series last year. Um, and so it's just been, that's one of the reasons I was so excited about doing this with you. Um, and so the piece that I added was that I put out this video with Shoei Otani who was who hit a home run to the opposite field and it was the most beautiful thing about how he kept his head and eyes down on the ball after contact for a noticeable amount of time noticeable obviously we're talking about fractions of a second but and it got me so interested in in, in I've always appreciated hitters that you know I remember like Wade Boggs or Don Mattingly and nowadays we've talked about Freddie Freeman um Nolan Arenado you know there's just something Roger Federer maybe does it as well as anybody I've ever seen uh, in tennis where the, the the head stays down, the eye stays down. There's a there's a what's called a fixation um, principle that Dr. Bailey explained to me. And um, so long answer short is I started getting excited talking about this. And then the feedback from that video I posted on Otani, the, the amount of impressions, it was just unbelievable. And it told me that people are interested in this part, this visual part, this mental part. And so I know at some point we'll get into the, the, the whole left on left part of it, but I think that's what's been new with me as far as just this, this sort of um, love of, of the hitting and, and more of this mental side of the hitting and how vision plays a role of it and this whole fixation response. For someone who doesn't know much about fixation, like, could you explain that to them? Like that, the kind of the basic concept? Yeah. So basically, and I, and I'll let Dr. Bailey do this, but I did look this up just to be safe. <laughs> so I said it right. Um, but here's a simple a definition I got from an article. Um, During a fixation, I stop scanning the scene and hold the foveal area of our field of vision in one place. This allows the visual system to take in detailed information on what is being looked at. And, and a word that um, jumps out at me is acuity, that uh, it, it seems to stimulate, and again, Dr. Bailey will do a way better job on this than I will, but it seems to stimulate or, or, or activate a part of our retina, um, I think it's called the, uh, the foveal, um, that has to do with um, 
acuity and attention and staying and accuracy was a word was interesting. The word accuracy came up when I looked uh, up the principle of fixation. So yeah, I think at the end of the day, in, in, in layman's terms, it's just about staying on something longer. And by staying on something longer, it also to me is symbolic of you not being anxious, right? Of you not leaving the scene and rushing. And, and that could be a a, a, a habit just from when you're younger. It may have nothing to do with what your eyes may want to do. It just may have something to do with you just being anxious. You think of golfers that pull their head out a little early on the swing or on the putt. Um, you, if you watch a lot of professional golfers putt, you'll notice that even on after contact, they really focus on just staying there over the putt. And so I think in, again, layman's terms, I think that the fixation principle just has to do with that idea of just staying in there on your, your focal point on your target for that split second longer, which probably is a skill that, you know, unless you have it unconsciously, maybe Otani just has it, right? Maybe Arenado is always Federer. Maybe he's just always right. Been that way, but we can say, well, maybe 50%, 80% of the population, maybe they don't do it or do it very well. And I think that's where the vision trainers can really come in. And, but I think it starts with awareness, just like meditation. It starts with an awareness that, whoa, there is something called this fixation principle that we can actually work on. And again, this will go back to our left on left at some point. I know we'll get to, but, um, but anyway, I hope, I hope I did it justice uh, as a starting point. <laughs> I mean, I would say from a hitting coach's perspective, if you said, Patrick, can you, what's one, what's the biggest mechanical flaw out of the hitter, all the hitters you've ever seen? It's, it's hitters who, who pull out early. It's they're pulling their head out early, front shoulder pulls out early. And so I've read a little bit on Arenado who's, and he said he, he, the reason why he continues to keep his head down another half second longer is because of of just that like he used to pull out a lot and so for him it was something he practiced and then it it became a skill because it's something he did time and time again and I think more people need to be doing that I think a big problem is it's so many players are so worried about the uh, the exit velocity and the metrics and the ball fight and this and that that they lose sight of the fact that Hey, by keeping your head in a little bit down longer, it's gonna allow you to hit the ball harder, further, more consistently in the game, right? Which at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters is what happens during the game. Um, have you talked to spilling back to to left-handers again, lefty on lefty? You've been around this game and have more experience than than I do. Has it has it always been this big of a struggle for left-handed hitters, or is this something that you feel has has really come about in the last ten years with how how much better pitchers have have gotten? Well, first of all, um, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that something you said I it, I found I think is so important, um, which is we're here we're talking about our Arenado the fixation right we're talking about the because he's pulling out early or the front side flies up and by the way the same thing happens with pitchers right i mean when they're up in the zone they're late their front side pulls out early and what you said is really important because you brought up something that i'm sure we'll talk about at some point too which is data and analytics right which is now all of a sudden you might have the readouts you know to to your right of the plate by the screen showing you your exit velocity, launching, or whatever else it is, right? And so all of a sudden there, there's a fixation, let me use that word again, on the numbers. And so now all of a sudden maybe wanting to see, this may be new because of data and analytics, right? I've never thought of this until you brought it up, which is why I want to talk about that before the left-handers on lefties. All of a sudden there's this pull, so to speak, of you wanting to see launch angle right away, or maybe getting a sense more of your exit velocity or whatever it is, but there's just a lot more stimulation, as you said, which is why I wanted to come back to it on this, which is also pulling us out of this, I keep using the same metaphors, but it's also pulling us out of this idea of fixation on the ball. And so I thought it was a beautiful statement you made, and I just did, I didn't want to lose sight of how important that bringing in the data and analytics piece to this idea it is. As far as left on left, I really couldn't say for sure. My gut feeling is this, 
it's been going on since the beginning of, of baseball. Um, we, we know that there's, I think 90% of the population is right-handed. And um, I know we've talked about this before, but if you grow up as a left-hander through Little League, in really what I call your formative years, you know, where a lot of muscle memory, a lot of neural pathways, a lot of things are happening that are strengthening, like learning a language or, or a guitar at a young age, right? And so that stuff, those principles, um, uh, that stimuli can be getting pretty strong in your system. So as a lefty, you may not see any lefties or very few through all of Little League and all of you know, maybe uh, Pony League and be, before you get to high school. Then you get to high school, you still may not see many lefties, right? College, it probably picks up a bit. And then we know for sure, but you're still playing maybe three, four days a week. And then in pro ball, yes, in the minor leagues, you could say you start seeing a lot more left-handers if you're lefty. But by then, my, my theory is, is that you have this old habituated programming, right? That has got you, look, when you're in little league, you understandably so when you're when you're young you might be a little bit afraid of getting hit by the ball especially if you are seeing a left on left for the first time that might be pretty scary so it makes sense that you pull out step in the bucket right um or it just is so foreign it's like well how do i deal with this you know maybe i need to clear my front side so i can see the ball better so whatever the reasons there's there's probably many reasons but my theory is is that even by the time they get to the minor leagues and they start getting some reps against left on left, they've already got a lot of programming in there for pulling out or, or not doing the fixation principle, if you will. And so I've been frustrated for many, many years watching left on left. And I don't, I'm not mad at them. I, I'm not mad at hitting coaches. I'm just, you know, hitting coaches may be saying, Hey, stay in there longer. Keep your front side in, keep your nose on the ball, whatever. I'm not saying they're not teaching this, but for whatever reason, it's not aiming in my, from what I understand, from what I've, from whatever I've heard over the years, not that I'm in the hitting field that much, but it's like, it doesn't seem to be something announcers. I don't hear announcers talking about it on TV. Like I you just don't, I have talk, I have conversations with hitting coaches and it's interesting how it doesn't seem to be a principle um, that's talked about much. So, and maybe it's just people, again, it's not, they don't know what they don't know, but I feel like, this fixation principle to me is a critical piece going back to something you just said about helping out with left on left. Because in my opinion, you watch Freddie Freeman and you're like, man, he's got it. He does it. I know Arenado's right-handed, but it's the same idea. Um, I just would love to see this being talked about more where left on left, they're working on, the fixation principle of letting the ball travel or whatever the term is, seeing the ball later. Most of all, on contact, knowing that the head is down, the front side is in. I would do a drill, which I, which I used to do back in the day to help people that were anxious and on their front foot. What a shock. Or just for more, more of the mental side of relaxing and seeing the ball better. I used to do a drill and I did it myself on Saturdays before our Sunday games. I'd go into a batting cage. I'd go to the slowest machine, which was like 40 miles an hour, which was basically slow pitch softball with an arc, okay? I spread my feet out a little bit and I had one mission. I was trying to hit the ball down the right field line, the chalk, and I was trying to keep it straight with authority, okay? That was it. To me, that was a bingo. That was to me the epitome of the best approach to hitting mentally, which I felt led to physically, because I feel like what, what's happening if I hit a ball down the right field line, keep it straight with authority on a pitch coming 40 miles an hour that I have to wait eight seconds to get there. Well, I'll tell you what's happening. One, I have to be incredibly relaxed, patient, quiet, free, grounded. Two, I have to allow the ball to get deep enough to where I can't be late because it's going to bend. I can't be early. I'm going to hook it, right? So I have to be so on time to keep it to keep it straight that I have to square it up properly. And then the authority part means I have to be able to swing with authority, but I got to I have to swing in a way again where I'm not hooking it, 
and I'm not trailing. And so to me, what I would do with every left-handed hitter in the world, other than the Freddie Freemans of the world, I would get them in a batting cage. I'd actually want them on the field so they could see it. I'd get them on the field. Let's take, let's get them on the field. I would throw them balls as softly as I could. And by the way, Tyler Graham is doing stuff like this at Michigan with hitters where they, he's purposely throwing. We had to talk about this this year. So he's throwing the ball very, guys loved it, by the way. All, all hitters, not just left-handers. And I'd get these lefties and I'd want to actually get a left-handed pitcher out there for him. And I'd play a game with them. Let's see if you can hit the ball down the left field foul line. Okay, the chalk, on the chalk, keep it straight and hit it with authority. Because if you do that, the fixation response, in my opinion, is going to come out like big time. It's going to force it into play in a way. Not to mention, you you know way more about mechanics than I do. I would like to think it's the epitome of syncing up your ultimate mechanics or your optimal mechanics. If you can pull this off, but I would use it more again, not so much for mechanics, even though I think it would still be amazing for the mechanics, but I would do this again more for them breaking these patterns, maybe from little league and high school and just not getting the reps and being in pro ball. And all of a sudden now they're getting, you know, 95 and then 91 sliders off the black or nasty curveballs off the black. And they're seeing these over and over again. And I want to see them turn into Freddie Freeman's, if you will. I want to see these lefties start to feel, you know, in life, a lot of times you just need contrast. If you're doing something the same way over and over again to break that habit, you just need contrast. This hitting a ball on the left field line with authority and keeping it straight and forcing yourself to keep the front side in, so to speak and to have the ball travel, so to speak, and then to have that fixation on the ball long enough to pull this off. So I'm sorry for the, the long tangent, but to me, um, if you said what's new or what would I wanna see change in the hitting world, man, I just, I would love to see left-handers make this an art form and, and start to see this like, I want hitting coaches to start talking about this more like, hey, wow, this seems like a really, really good principle to get our lefties to start using. And I'm not saying hitting coaches don't want lefties to use the whole field, but it's one thing for me to tell you to use the whole field and it goes back to practice again. It's another thing to take you down in the cages and throw you 300 pitches or whatever a day for a month straight from a left-hander and you hitting that left field shock and getting better at that. By the way, as a, as a side note, I bet you the first time you did this with a lefty, even if you told them to do this, they would have a very, very hard time not only doing this, they might even have a hard time hitting the ball to straightaway left and not maybe hooking it a little bit or not being a little bit late, probably hooking it more because they're used to being out early. So they might do it pretty well, but they're going to still maybe tend to hook it a little bit. And I want them in that other world. I want them in. So uh, I'm, to me, this is one of the key things to talk about today. And I hope somehow, and I know you have a great reach and a lot of respect. And so I just hope us talking about this um, brings this to, to light and, and is something that people start talking about more. Yeah, I, I almost almost think too that, you know, because most of the people, as you mentioned, are right-handed. And so these lefties from such a young age, whether it be BP or how the machine is set up, it, it's it's always in regard to a right-hander throwing. And so the only time they see lefties at a young age is that rare occurrence when they face a left-handed pitcher throwing. And you're not getting a, a, a very many reps when, when, that, when that's the only time you're seeing a left-hander throw. And so you just there's so many more reps that they have from seeing a, a right-handed thrower from BP to machine, how it's lined up and everything. And so it's almost like by the time they get to professional baseball, Man, I mean, they have thousands and thousands and thousands of more reps from seeing a, a right-handed throw and a right-handed release point than they are left-handed. It, it, I feel I think that's what puts them at such a disservice. And then on top of that, when a lefty does come in the game, then they pinch hit for, you know, sometimes. And so it's like, man, how are these guys supposed to, or girls too with softball, supposed to get these reps when from such a young age they don't get them and then when they're older they're pulled out of the game early how do you get better if you don't 
if you don't practice or do it in the game. Million percent. And it also, you're right on right is a critical point too, mm -hmm. because what a shock. Righties tend to hit relatively well off of righties comparatively to, I, I wouldn't say comparatively, I, I would say right on right. It almost feels natural because you have the reps growing up from your formative years, right? So in fact, some righties have a hard time, even though once they get enough reps, I think they start taking advantage of lefties for the most part. But there are righties that have, I know I struggled with left-handers when, you know, when I played because I didn't see them very much. And maybe if I played every day in pro ball, I would have had a chance to get used to it and then it would have been a benefit. But there are righties still in the big leagues to this day. If you look at their splits, I don't know. I don't know the numbers, but I'm sure there's some out there that they don't do very well against lefties. And, and that makes sense as well. Have you, I know you work with players, um, you know, in, in the big leagues from a hitting standpoint, pitching standpoint, have you worked with any, any hitters, left-handed hitters who have struggled with this and, and are, you know, currently trying to just find ways to, to hit better, hit better lefties better? I would say this. Um, I have one hitter right now that I'm working with consistently in the big leagues, but, and he's left-handed, but I would say this, that, this is a pretty universal principle. It's exactly what you said. Uh, unless you're a Freddie Freeman and someone that comes out of the gates and maybe in the minor leagues and the big leagues and start showing that you can hit left-handers, as you said, it seems like you start getting platoon pretty quickly. Lefties in general, unless they've pounded this principle of, of fixation, of really working on that left field foul line and really you know, almost creating that new skill and this skill is is more mental than even physical, then I feel like these hitters, unfortunately, are not getting a fair chance. And I I just wish, and I won't say the name of the team this player is on, but I just know from talking to him that, I hate to say it was a new concept to him, but it, it, this guy's a student of the game. But it, I told, we had, we had a talk about a month ago, and I said, because he was dealing with the left on left situation. And I said, hey, I want you to go down before the game tomorrow. I want you to have a left-hander throw you a ton of balls. And basically I told him about the left field foul line and just start crushing it. And he told me that next night he played, he faced the lefty. I don't even remember if he got hits or not. He said he felt so much better, so much better facing a lefty. And this was going into the night before where he was starting to really be frustrated and flustered by lefties. So I feel like it's just one of these things that, again, I've used this line a million times. If, if you don't know what you don't know, you're not, you're not going to do anything about something. And I feel like this is as much about, even if you know it, even if hitting coaches know that this is a problem, what are we doing about it? And I think that's, to me, the essence of this talk today is that with lefties, we have to do something about it. You know, it's not... People think, well, Freddie Freeman rolls out of bed or Arnauto rolls. Well, he even said it. Arnauto made an adjustment. If we talk to Freddie Freeman, I would almost guarantee you that he can trace it back to some point in his career. It might have been in the minor leagues. It might have been in college where he decided that, you know what? I'm tired of getting of pulling out. I'm tired of getting beat on sliders away from left-handers. I'm a hitter. Hitting is an art form. And I want to start spraying. I want to start hitting the ball with authority to left. That makes me feel good as a hitter. And I'm going to be a better hitter. And I'm going to end up pulling balls better off of lefties as a result of that. And so my thing is, is that, no, it's not just Freddie Freeman or Arnauto are born this way. This is definitely something that can be trained and needs to be trained. And to me, it's, it's almost just saddens me that I keep watching you and I, you know, you've heard me say this before. I, I turn on a TV set. It is mind blowing. I'm going to quote Steve Springer. It is mind blowing to me. How often, unless I'm watching the Freddie Friedmans of the world, to continually see at the big league level, which tells you it's probably happening at the minor league level, guys are pulling out left on left, left and right, if I can say that. And it's uh, it saddens me because the fix to me is doable, and it's it might happen over two or three intense sessions, you know, on a, on a backfield. And, and that to me is sort of the, the sad part of it. Yeah, I think a, a, a big 
in my opinion, I think a big part of it is, you know, going back to the, the data again and players understand that hitting for power will, will get them paid. And so, uh, you know, they're, a lot of times their focus is on that. When in it, the reality is, is you're going to hit for more power if you can keep that front side in longer and you can keep your head on the ball. And so you actually will probably pull more balls in the air if you focus on hitting the ball, as you mentioned, down the left field line as a left-hander because you're, you're training yourself to keep your bat in the zone longer, which is going to increase the chances that you barrel up the ball. So it, it's one of those things where, yeah, I understand the data says you should be pulling the ball more. That's I, I Trust me, nobody wants to see more home runs than me. It's not about that. It's about, okay, well, how do you actually go about doing that? And I'm going to say that Based on history and based on all the great players that I've listened to and watched over the years talk about hitting, it's unbelievable the amount that talk about hitting to the opposite field. The best hitters talk about hitting the opposite field, but yet here we are going back to what the data says. It's like, understand that, but listen to, I mean, success leaves clues. The best hitters are talking about hitting to the opposite field. I mean, almost every one. It's incredible. Um, and I don't know if it's just we'll make things too complicated or what it is, but um, I don't know. I think success leaves clues, personally. And you just said something really important. We've made it too complicated. And that's where, to me, the data and analytics has its place. But it, we've just put in so much more information now that the, the, the players' minds are on the information. You made another great point about if you're going to uh, get paid better because you hit more home runs and therefore launch angle this and blah 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 that, so now all of a sudden you're 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 seeking that. But if we reverse engineered it and said, but ultimately to get the biggest payoff of doing that is still to do it this other way, and that's the piece we're that's the bridge we're missing, is we're just jumping to this launch angle whatever data, and then guys are trying to yank. Let's just say. Um, when it goes back to, no, you're going to hit the ball better. You're going to hit the ball better to your pull side more often, harder as a result of staying in there longer, so to speak. And, and I'll give you an old school term. I hadn't thought about this in years, but I remember way back in the day, someone said this and I thought it was genius, which is you, you earn your pull side by first earning the opposite field. Hmm. So until you earn the opposite field, and I would say this is as much mental as it is physical, maybe more mental, of course. But until you earn that opposite field, you, you're not, you don't have a right to claim. I mean, you know, I have to be careful how I say this, but I'll use the word earn again. <laughs> Why would you expect to earn your pull side if you haven't earned the opposite field, which is setting your swing up to be in the best position possible? Now, Another hitting coach may say, well, that's not necessarily true because the best hitting swing possible is when you do X, Y, and Z. And again, that's where we can get into a, a discussion about it. But it goes back to what you just said. It, it feels like to me that the best purest hitters, the Tony Gwynn's, the Don Mattingly's, the Wade Boggs, if you, I'm sure if we studied hitters going back many, many years, uh, Mike Piazza is another guy. Think about the fixation principle. That mm -hmm. guy might have done it as well as anybody that's ever played the game i mean you anybody that's listening to this video go back and watch mike piazza um and watch where his head and eyes are on, on contact on the ball um, people can say yeah you're cherry picking i would just say like you at the end of the day it, and it feels intuitive it feels right forget the thinking part it just instinctively feels right that when you have this command or this connection to the opposite field with your swing like intimately not pretty good intimately it just makes too much sense that the pull side now is just feels right it's there and i'm glad you brought that point up about how that feeling of the other way is ultimately going to help your pull side anyway yeah i, I love how you phrase that where it's you know you got to earn the right to pull the ball, uh, you know, which I, I really like. I think the other thing too is if I, and this is what I tell players sometimes, like if you can get down to, to, to watch batting practice from, you know, the, the first round all the way until they're done, 
nobody's getting in the cage and just trying to drop bombs pull side the very first round, right? I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen that in my life before. Uh, and they're getting in there, they're working opposite field, they may even try to hit some some opposite field ground balls to work on getting on top of the ball and letting the ball travel. And then as they're just working their way out, that contact point out a little bit more, a little bit more, and, and maybe the last round is a home run round. But to what you just said, at that point, they've they've earned that right, because they, they've worked on the other things that, that um, you know, the fundamentals, if you will, of letting the ball travel and hit it to the opposite field. So I, I think that's a big part of it is just watch, watch what the best do. Watch, watch their routines, watch what they do in batting practice. Um, you know, Instagram's great. It's fun to watch highlights, but it doesn't show you how they get to that point where they can drive the ball and, and pull it in the air. Yeah. And also, it's funny, but before I learned this term about the fixation response in layman's terms, I would have just said that to your point, when you like the first round of BP hitting the ball the other way, another reason you do it is it is it helps you feel relaxed, right? It helps you see the ball longer, it helps you be more patient. You're more in that feel freedom mode. There's a lot to that, right? You want that feel freedom before you start cranking it up a bit, right? It, to me, that's very symbolic of opposite field versus pull side. The opposite field to me feels more like you're tuning into the relaxation of letting the ball travel better or the, the ability to stay in there longer and, and, and be patient knowing you can hit the ball the other way. So you're building all these really good mental skills. And then the ball, the pull side ball now, because you have more experience and familiarity with this relaxation and patience and seeing the ball longer and not being in a rush. Now you're getting good at those skills. Well, now all of a sudden, as, as you know, here's another statement, the quieter your mind is, right? The better you see the ball, the quicker you're gonna be. So here's another argument for why that opposite field side is so powerful. Because the better you start getting at the opposite field and the fixation part of it, the quieter you, you could say you're getting, the more relaxed you're getting, well, that means you have a luxury now of balls that are coming middle in or balls you want to pull because you've practiced seeing the ball longer, being more relaxed, being quieter, which means you're going to see the ball better. And so now you're going to be quicker. It's like the best of both worlds. It's the quiet, calm, relaxed. It's the calm before the storm. And I think when you said something earlier about data, if I can use this metaphor now, it almost feels like what the data and analytics are doing Part of it, that's, believe me, that's only part of it. There's, there's many things to this, but it's almost like you're getting storm, storm. And the lefty on lefty, I feel like from when you're young kids, the brain has gotten used to storm, storm. It's everything's fast, fast. And what we're trying to do is say, no, 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 no. We gotta be quiet, relaxed first, because we need to see the ball well first. And then, Bruce Lee, the quieter you are, the faster and more powerful you are. So let's get to the quiet again. I mean, not again. Let's get, let's make that a priority and let's be the calm before the storm where I feel like people are getting storm, storm. And yeah, if a guy's throwing 95 in or a gal's throwing hard in and you're looking for it and you're on time, sure, you're going to hit it 10 miles. But I think what you and I really are appreciate and are talking more about today, significantly more, is about the art of hitting and getting back to the art of this. Yeah, it is more of an art than it is a science. I mean, there's stuff you can measure with it, but uh, it, it's never going to not be an art more than it is a science, in my own opinion. You had mentioned earlier that uh, University of Washington softball team um, you mentioned them a few times. Is is this something that um, that you are starting to see more in softball too? Of, of softball coaches putting more of an emphasis on this. Like, do you think in softball they're as focused on pulling the ball in the air and the metrics, or do you feel like they're more of that be a complete hitter from from the coaches you've talked to? I don't have a ton of experience. I've Spent a lot of time over the years at UCLA softball with Kelly, anyway uh, Perez, and, uh, and and her staff, and um, 
Kyle was at University of Washington for two years, um, these last two years, and now he's he's doing his own thing. He's actually going to be teaching a mental game now as part of his world. I only I could tell you this: if Kyle stayed in the coaching world, um, in the college world per se, uh, there's no question in my mind that um, he would start to make more and more waves and and getting that, the word out on the mental side of hitting. I really couldn't answer the question. I don't. I don't. I just don't know what softball coaches are teaching in general. I tend to, from what I when I've been out at UCLA softball, um, the softball I have seen, um, I can't remember much about left on left, but it feels like that they use the whole field. I feel like it's much more of a general principle. Um, I'm sure they got into data analytics too. I'm sure there's something there with launch angle and, and, uh, home runs, but I've watched a lot of college softball this last year or two because of Kyle being at Washington. And I've actually worked with some Washington players, but, um, I would say that, yes, it feels like that they are more in tune. This is a very, this is sort of a guesstimation, but they're more in tune with the, or they're more still, let's say, taking the principles of using the whole field. I still think that's um, feels like it's more part of the softball world, but as far as the mental drills and all that, I know that he did this religiously with them for two years. Um, it was a daily part of their routine. Uh, I know at UCLA, I went out there in the fall and they started doing, uh, they started implementing these drills um, as part of their fall. Um, and I just would like to think this kind of a conversation and I'm glad we're talking about UCLA and Washington, two prominent programs in the softball world. Um, but I just hope that this conversation, I mean, I love a lot of these topics today. I love the idea that we're talking about this, this the art form and the, the mental side and the, the, the opposite field and the fixation, because I just feel like, you know, there's only so much, someone once said there's only, you, you can only squeeze so much blood out of a turnip. And, and again, I don't even know what the principle means. I have a feel for it, but I think there's only, only so much you can teach mechanically. You used the word science a second ago. It's great to talk about mechanics and the science of hitting. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to cut to the chase, in my opinion, this is going to be 95%, 99% ultimately between the lines. When you're in the batter's box, this is going to come down to field. It's going to come down to executing your field. The science to me at that point is gone, right? That that's when you're in the zone, you're not thinking about science. You're you're in what's called a pure feel state. And if I can say one thing of a conversation I had with Mike Mickius, who works for CAA now, but was a student of mine in high school, and he played at Georgia Tech and he played in the big leagues with the Mets. And Mike said, "Hey, can we just?" And he deals with a lot of big leaguers. And he says, hey, can we just remind hitters before they go out to the field? Just can we do, say some things to them so they just feel good? Just, just can you imagine that? Let's just get, let's not worry about launch angle and exit velocity speed in the cages before the game. Can we just remind a hitter what it means to feel good? Mike, to me, is one of the wisest guys I've ever met. He understands this game so well. Um, Here's a guy that played in the big leagues. Here's a guy that deals with a lot of big league players. And we're talking yesterday or two days ago at the area codes about feel. Jay Johnson spent an hour or so with Jay. Jay and I go back to 2006, San Diego, University of San Diego with Rich Hill. And I mean, this is just normal conversation, but it's just good reinforcement. And it's all, I always love picking people's brains. And so, you know, what does Jay talk about? Talks about, the kids having, you know, the right kids in there, meaning kids that are, you know, obviously integrity, character, stuff like that. But what, did he, what, is, what was the other main piece he talked about? Frame of mind, approach. We didn't talk mechanics. And I've known Jay a really, really long time. And we basically exclusively talk about the mental side. But it's just, to me, it's, it's not a coincidence that I think people that are still talking about the mental side and still talking about the art of hitting. And yes, use the data analytics, use it to help you. But to me, the truth always prevails, in my opinion, when you get back to nature. Nature is powerful. 
without trying. And it's natural to be in the flow and the art of hitting and use the science, use the mechanics, work on stuff that you want to work on. But at some point, we got to get these kids back. This is back to Mike Nickius now. We have to get the kids back into the field. And the field to me is the art of hitting. Mm. That's good stuff, man. Really good stuff. Alan, I, one of the things that I, I want to make sure I do, I think I know last time on you, um, I, I put the links to some of the, the hitting articles that you had, had written. So I want to do, I'm going to do that again. So for those Thank listening you. who want some drills to help hitters with the, the mental side of the game, Alan wrote some, some really good articles that are applicable. You can do with your team right away. So we'll put those in the show notes. Um, but anything else you want to add today, Alan? First of all, I want to just say thank you because um, I love the fact that you're talking about growth-oriented mindset. I love the fact that you're growth-oriented and, and and I love the fact that you're open to some of these things that might seem outside the box, which to me now are really inside the box. And um, no, I just want to thank you for you know your your care level and wanting to do this and having me on and uh, and and posting that article. It's called Batter's Box Management, it's and right. that's me. That's where all the, these drills are. And I would I would say look into resources like Dr. You know Bailey that we talked about, uh, Ryan Harrison. Um, Anybody with the mental side of the game, I have to shout out one of my dearest friends in the world, Steve Springer, qualityatbats.com. Uh, Nate Trotsky talks about this stuff all the time. Um, I would be a student now of the mental side of this, the vision side of this, and I would just start to be curious and say, okay, <clears throat> what are these guys talking about? Hopefully it sounds good, sounds interesting. Um and I just would say, just be a student of this and start opening the door to this, because as far as I'm concerned, um, this is the engine of the car. Um, and, um, and so anyway, yeah, thanks again, man. I, I just so enjoyed doing this with you, Patrick. Thank you.